Welcome to Ed Saucedo's Road to Greatness podcast. Here, you'll gain confidence from those who have already succeeded in entrepreneurship, personal development, investing, and personal finance. In addition, follow Ed's journey as he develops on his road to greatness. Now, your host, Ed Saucedo. Three, two, one. What is up, guys? Welcome into Ed Saucedo's Road to Greatness podcast. And today, I am very pumped up because we are going to be breaking the chains with Eric Salzenstein. He, he has, you know, a very unique path that he'll dive into today. And, uh, you know, he's sought after speaker that uh, motivates a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, he, he's very, very famous, you know, from going from prison to prosperity. So he's got a lot of insight that he's going to bring to you guys today. And it, it should be a lot of fun. So how are you doing, Eric? Oh, I'm doing great, Ed. I appreciate you having me on. Really excited to uh, connect with you and uh, your audience. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, I'm, I've seen a little bit of your content, but I, you know, I know the audience might not be as familiar with your story um, and how you've gotten to the point where you are today. Um, so I'd like you to kind of dive into how you started out um, and just your history to you know, who you've become today. Sure. Uh, I think three big words to, to kind of kick it off is I messed up. And uh, yep. I, think, I think that right there is uh, what, I mean, we all do it. Some of us do it daily. Some of us do it weekly, monthly. Um, and mistakes are a part of, part of life. And what I've learned is that my mistakes have truly made me. And I'm so grateful for the mistakes I've made. I'm so grateful for everything that I've been through because it has allowed me to now show up in a way that I never thought was possible and to live a life that, I mean, I absolutely love and I'm just so grateful for. So really owning my mistakes uh, has been, um, owning them and being grateful for them has been, has been the foundation of, of my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, especially in the audience, you know, they make mistakes and, you know, sometimes obviously some mistakes are bigger than others where the consequences you are, you know, you have to do more in order to, you know, serve the, the, the mistake that you made. But, you know, some people in the audience might think a mistake is, you know, going up to somebody trying to meet them and then messing up because, you know, maybe they thought they were awkward or something like that. But I mean, to kind of put things into perspective, you know, how, how has your perspective changed, you know, as your life has gone on over mistakes you know what might seem like a big mistake to a lot of people in the audience might seem like a small thing to you just because you put everything in in perspective so just dive into how your perspective has changed over time and how it's kind of affected you um and helped you uh into your life yeah man uh feedback it is all feedback it's what it is every mistake you make every challenge it was feedback and it wasn't necessarily that you made a mistake. It could just simply be feedback that she's not the right one for you, but it's mm-hmm. feedback. And so I, I really take on everything that I do with it's my clients um, when I'm giving a speech and the audience may not react the way that I want them to at a certain part of my talk. It's feedback for me. And, um, and, and then I go back to the drawing board and make some changes, you know, and closing when I get done with a client, Hey, 
what were the best things that you got out of this program? What were the things that you think that could be, could be improved? And again, it's feedback. If I do a launch and uh, it doesn't go successful, you know, it's feedback. What needs to change? What did I, what, 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 what mistake did I make? What did I overlook? And so I would really encourage everyone listening to start looking at your mistakes and these the struggles and challenges that you're up against as the universe, as God, giving you the feedback that you need to improve and to get better. I love that. Yeah. You know, I think whenever looking at, like you said, at either wins or losses, you know, everything you can learn from, and you know, I, I don't know exactly who said this quote, but it's, you never, you never lose, you know, you either win or you learn, but either way, I think even if you win, there's still a lot of things to be learned because if you win, that's feedback for what you did. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, for me, I'm a baseball player. And, you know, you go through these hot and cold streaks and, you know, a lot of guys when they're on these hot streaks, they, they don't really take note of what they're doing. And then once they get into cold streaks, it's so hard to get out of them because they don't know what they were doing when they were actually succeeding. Oh, that's, um, that's gold right there. That's really, really important. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. And I mean, you just said that recognizing yeah. recognize, when you have the momentum, recognizing uh, hey, this is working right now. I need to double down yep, on this. Exactly. I need to make sure that this does, you know what I mean? So recognizing the wins just as much when you're on that wave um, as you do when you when you hit that failure. Right, yeah. And I mean, when you're doing well, you know, still take notes. A lot of people, you know, that take notes um, have the habit of taking notes only when they're doing poorly and then trying to scramble to try to find success. But really where the, where the real success is made is when you're succeeding is to take notes of what's actually working and finding ways to branch off of that to keep um, sustaining that success. So I think that's a huge part. Um, and I love that word, you know, feedback, taking that from either wins or losses. So that's a very, yeah, very big that. point that I, that I love. Um, no, but another thing I want to dive into is I know a lot of people, you know, whenever they are faced with adversity or something hard, uh, people tend to give up, you know, they either give up or they use it, like you said, as feedback and they use it positively. So do you think, you know, you went through your situation and do you think that you took this as a positive thing because of the way you were raised and because of the way you kind of grew up? Or do you think, it was something that you just have in you that can't really change. You know, what is your, your view on, you know, why you are who you are and how you took your situation? Well, I think anything like what we're discussing here can be developed. So if there's anybody that's listening that feels like they don't have it, they didn't grow up with it. Maybe they're, you're, maybe you come from like my parents never taught me personal growth. So my mom taught me God. I grew up in a Catholic household, went to Catholic private school and grade school until until Sister Dorothy asked me not to come back eighth grade year, bless her heart. Um, she, uh, so I, I grew up in a, in a very Catholic household. My mom, anything that ever came up, it was, it was go to God. And my dad, he taught me sports. So anything mm -hmm. like sports was your outlet, your team building, your, you know, discipline, it all comes from sports. So that's like what I got. I got God and I got sports. I never got personal development. I never got financial, uh, you know, here's how you manage your money. I never got goal setting. I never got, you know, believe it, you can achieve it, mindset stuff, like none of that. And so this was all developed. And this was, for me, it was developed in a period of my life where most people crumble. 
Um, so, you know, the big thing that I'd say for the listeners right now is that if you feel because of how you were brought up and a lot of you may have been brought up in way like worse situation. I grew up in a good home, like a loving family, a mm -hmm. good home. I didn't hurt for anything. Um, we were in like, you know, middle-class, uh, uh su you know, suburbia in Orlando, Florida. Like I didn't need to do any of the stuff that I was doing. Um, and, and I went a lot, you know, when I started diving down that road, when I started using drugs, when I started selling drugs and when I, when I went down that road, it was feeding base desires that, that I, for some reason, put so much weight on, you know, caring so much about what my peers thought about me, uh, standing out, wanting to be cool, wanting to, wanting to not just fit in, but be like the center of attention. Um, you know, these were base desires that I was feeding from a very early age. And even before the drugs came into play, I was, you know, selling CDs and candy bars, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit uh, mm -hmm. was there from sixth grade. So, you know, as far as me going, feeding those base desires, which eventually brought me to that place when I was 20, 22 years old, caught an armed robbery charge uh, in what was labeled uh, as a drug deal gone bad, um, facing life in prison at age 22 years old. I mean, like I was, you know, everything came crumbling down. Like I, I I, 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 you finally get to this place where you have to, you have to face and answer to all the stuff that you've been doing. You've been neglecting the action steps you've been taking. And so at that point, when I entered into this world, ended up receiving four years in state prison. And when I got into this world, this new environment, I wanted to change. But again, like I hadn't been taught anything about self-development or personal growth. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea how to create these changes that I wanted to. Right now I was out there, I was balling on the court that got me some respect, right? My, my, there's my sports, right? I was going to the chapel and that was a, a release for me. That was definitely an extension of, of putting myself in a good place. So there's my mom's teaching. So both of their teachings played a part in my journey, but it wasn't until I stepped into the space of like true self-development and self-care and self-love and, and every day intentionally taking steps uh, to grow as an individual that I started to gain momentum and I started to see changes. So again, if, if you feel because of your upbringing, you don't have the skills, like these things can be, I mean, you can, you can develop these skills um, and, and having a positive mindset and all these things that people struggle with, you know, these are, you can develop that. It's just a matter of taking action and stepping into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think, you know, it, it's big that you use, both your parents and kind of blended them into, you know, who you are today. I mean, that, that's what we all do. But I think that a big um, point is that, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily your parents. Um, it can be your friends that shape who you are. And, you know, it's a big, it's a big part of your life that you need to choose wisely who you let into your life. And I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this by, you know, early on, you probably weren't getting around the people that, now you would like to be around, you know, that's what kind of got you into that uh, trap. Um, but now, obviously, you, you know who to choose to be in your life and who not to be around. And, you know, that's why you're, you're doing much better now um, and succeeding and inspiring people. Um, so that kind of attests to how your environment shapes who you are and you're in control of that environment, you know, that environment you have 100% control over who you let into your life and who you don't, you know, and I think it's a great, great way to look at it in your situation. Um, 
before, you know, you got caught with all these troubles and now after where you're inspiring people, how your environment has, you know, changed not only your mindset, but uh, who you are and, you know, the everyday things you do in your life. Um, so I know you're big into, you know, physical training, you know, fitness. I am as well. Um, was that kind of a part of you your entire life or was that something you developed later on? Yeah, no. So it was all sports growing up. I, I really was never mm-hmm. lift. I never lifted weights before, but I never lifted weights in prison either because they took the weights out because we were having too many, uh, just too much violence and the weights were, when you go on the rec yard, they became weapons every time a, a riot or anything would pop off. So they eventually, mm-hmm. before I even got in the system, they had taken out the weights throughout Florida. Um, so prior to prison, it was all sports. And then while I was in prison, it was, that's where the rec became a, a release for me for sure. It became therapy and they'd call rec anywhere from one to two times a day. And I'd be out there anytime they called it, uh, just to get out of the dorm, to go get into my body, to go break a sweat. And a lot of times I'd play basketball, uh, pick up games. Um, I'd run the track. And then of course, all the calisthenics, uh, pull up bars, dip bars and, uh, whatnot. It wasn't until I hit work release that I got into weightlifting. And uh, yeah, that became a big thing for me. Uh, I had I spent nine months in work release and they had a little rec pile. It was horrible, but it was there um, mm-hmm. and uh, all rusted out. We'd have to wear gloves. And um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that weightlifting at that point became big. And then when I got out, when I was officially released, maybe about six months or so after I got out is when I stepped in the bodybuilding space. And I said to myself, I want to get on stage. Um, I had, I've been seeing gains and, and I've been loving it. And so I got a coach and I just kept down that track. And uh, 2000, December, 2018, I stepped on stage for a men's physique, uh, MPC, uh, men's physique. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about my body. Um, I learned a lot about sacrifice and, and discipline, uh, just huge respect to everybody out there who's competing. Um, not an easy thing to do. It was, it was an awesome, awesome experience. Um, but now it's, it's still, it's placed such a huge, like one of the big things I talk about is you got to go break that sweat and uh, hashtag sweat check. You need to get that sweat check because it gets everything else going. Your endorphins, your confidence, feeling good about yourself. It doesn't matter what your body looks like. It doesn't matter how much of a, uh, um, how much work you have to put in until you get to the place that you want to get to, whether it's losing weight or gaining muscle. The bottom line is you have to go break that sweat uh, because that's going to have you showing up day in and day out in the other areas of your life that much stronger. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for sure. That's, it's been a huge part of my life. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, for me, I work out, pretty much four to five days a week and I play baseball almost every single day. And for me, it's like when you don't work out or you do, you don't, you know, get in that physical activity, it's almost like you're walking out of the house naked, you know, just something just doesn't feel right. It feels like there's something missing, you know? Um, And to get to that point, you have to build the habit of uh, exercising. And I think, the hardest thing is always those first, you know, five to 10 days of creating that new habit. And once you do create it, then it's hard to actually get out of it. Um, and the thing is like the more good habits you create, the better your entire life will be. So if those first five to 10 days are going to be, you know, you realize they're going to be hard, but it's something that's going to be good for you in the long term. You, you know, you stick to it, you stay disciplined. And then before you know it, for example, for me, 
you know, it's almost like I, I cannot take a day without doing physical activity. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. And that's, you know, great because working out is obviously very good for you. So yeah. um, being in a place like that is also very good. And for me also, you know, another thing with um, kind of health is, you know, I, I for me, I'm, I'm not a big soda drinker. I haven't had a can of soda in probably over a year and a half. You know, it's been a long, long time. And it's almost like when, when I go to, you know, a sporting event or something like that, and a friend's like, you want, you want this Mountain Dew? You want this Pepsi? I'm like, no, I do. You know, you don't, you don't need it anymore. Right. But I remember I used to, you know, I used to drink every once in a while here and then. But if you still have that, you know, sugar kind of craving still in you a little bit, you'll always take it because it's hard to, hard to resist it. But once you create that habit of it just not being an option, uh, that's when it creates really good habits and it's, it's just hard to get out of them, even if they're good habits. So, you know, I encourage all the listeners to create as many good habits as possible and realize that, you know, it's only hard at the beginning, you know, later on, once it's a habit and it's created, it's easier to stay on that path, um, than actually change it. So no, yeah, I definitely agree a lot with, um, that, that part about breaking a sweat, you know, I, I, uh, I can attest to that a lot. And, um, you know, when, when you, uh, got into prison, what was something that you would say, uh, surprised you kind of was like a, an eye-opening experience that you think changed your whole mindset about your life and, you know, the world around you? Like, was there, was there kind of a a moment when you said, you know, I I can't do this anymore? You know, the, the moment I get out this is going to be different. Um, was there kind of one moment that you remember that happening or was it more of a gradual, you know, man, this sucks, you know, I'm not coming back here again. Yeah, it was definitely, I, it was more gradual. The big thing for me was like, I had decided in County jail that I wanted to change my life. So we didn't know how much time I was going to get. I was facing life. So the maximum amount of time I could get was life. We knew I wasn't mm-hmm. going to get life because this was the first time that I had caught in a felony charge. So they weren't going to give me life, but we were thinking like 10, 15 years, potentially like we didn't know the state wasn't mm-hmm. working with us. Um, and there was a couple things that happened. One of the big things, the state prosecutor that was working my case, she ended up quitting in the middle of her caseload. She got married. Um, and so the new state prosecutor that came on, he ends up being a close friend with my attorney and they had mm-hmm. gone to, uh, they were public defenders with each other, like way back in the day. And mm-hmm. so this was a huge break for us. And um, right. the minimal amount of time you can get on my charge in Florida is three years. So he's mm-hmm. like, look, I can't give your guy the minimum, but I can give him one year over. So he gave me four years. That was the plea. And I, I took it in a heartbeat. And um, before we found the plea out, I, I got on the phone with my dad and I was like, hey, pops, I, I remember this call. Like this is, and, and I'm, I'm in county jail. I was like, hey, I said, I just want you to know that I've come to terms that like I need prison and I need to go away. I don't know how much time I'm going to get. I want to do literally the exact amount of time that I need to change my life. That's where I'm at right now. I want to share that with you. Like I want whatever God wants me to do, not a day earlier, not a day later. I want to do the exact amount of time I need to change my life. And he was just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to get through this. Let's, let's go. And about like two weeks later, we found out that, that I got the four years, which was, I mean, it was the best thing I could have gotten besides three. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's when the journey started. But the big thing for me was like, again, going back to uh, where I said, like when I got into prison, I didn't know how to create these changes. 
So a big takeaway that I could give everybody right now is it took me six months. I wasted my first six months. Um, remember that phone call. I wanted to change. We set the new mm -hmm. year's resolution. We want to lose a 20 pounds. We want to start the business. We want to write the book. We want to fix the relationship. We want to do these things. We have good intentions, but if we don't know how to get there, you're going to be spinning your wheels and it's going to be frustrating and overwhelming. And you're going to get to a place where finally you're like, man, forget this. Like, this is not working. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's the full moon. Like it's not working. And, and then you end up, what yeah. do you end up doing? You go back to the same behavior patterns that you know. And so for me, like I got to prison and I was shell shocked. I mean, I saw somebody get stabbed the first two weeks I was there, like right in front of my mm -hmm. eyes. I have never seen like, this was like, I was, whoa, like a, a, a just a rude awakening to, okay, this is my life. This is where I'm at. And I had to really take in my environment quickly and um, just kind of find my role. And, and so while I had all that going on, I wasn't, I wasn't creating, I wasn't doing anything to create the changes I wanted. I was basically just surviving day to day, figuring this stuff out, figuring this new world out. And so naturally what happens is if you don't have a game plan in place to get to where you want to go, if you don't have a blueprint to follow, you end up going back to what you know. You end up going back to what's comfortable. And so that's what happened to me. First six months I wasted. I ended up starting to sell cigarettes, smoke cigarettes. I was, you know, glorifying my past, wearing it as a badge of honor. I was, you know, I was hanging out with the wrong people. It was, it was a mess. I ended up getting in a fight and the dorm I was in, we were like on the verge of like a racial riot. We had a lot of stuff happening and I wasn't like in any gang. I wasn't in any, you know, I, I never joined a gang in my time in there. Um, I, but the dorm itself as a whole, there was a lot of stuff happening. And, and I basically like woke up and it was at about six month mark. I woke up and I was like, Eric, you're going to throw this all away. You're going to end up clicking up with the wrong people. You're going to end up like you're going to throw this all away if you don't do something and mm -hmm. uh, you're going to come out the same person. And so I called my brother. It's funny. Ed, my brother is like uh, polar opposite of me. So Stanford graduate, um, wow. ex-professional top hundred in the world tennis player, um, successful entrepreneur out of Denver, Colorado, uh, high performance coach. And then you got me, high school dropout, drug dealer, drug addict, uh, convicted felon, ex-con. Like we are two separate paths in life. Golden child, mm -hmm. black sheep for sure. And um, I reached out to him. I said, Jeff, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I need some help, man. Like help me out. And uh, so Jeff sent me two books and he goes, I want you to read these first. And then after that, we're going to do a coaching call every week, one call a week, and we're going to get you going. And, um, that's where, when I got a game plan, we came up with my game plan that right there is where things started to slowly build. That's where that one step at a time creates the momentum. And then you get like, you were just talking about the habit. And now I got in the habit of every morning waking up and going to meditate every morning after my meditation, going back and getting my morning, reading them every morning, getting and going my rec yard, channeling my, my channeling my body, uh, you know, my stretches. Like I, I developed a mean routine, everything. I got organized with everything with my, with my locker and, and my, my day in and day out who I was conversating with, what I was talking about. If you started talking about things I didn't want to talk about, I, I politely, respectfully, like exited the conversation. 
I was like, mm -hmm. I started to take full control. I ended up at one point even changing the way that I walked because I said my future self is not going to walk the way that I'm walking now. He's going to walk with his shoulders back. His head's going to be up. He's going to smile and greet people as they walk by. He's going to be confident. Chest is out. I literally changed the way that I walked in there based on where I wanted to take my life. And it all came from that original thing. And this is the big message here is you have to have a game plan. So whatever the goal is that you have, whether it's the weight loss, the muscle gain, the business, the book, the relationship, you have to have a game plan in place to follow. Mm -hmm. so I love that. You know, I think it's very, very important to have a step-by-step -step plan to, you know, get to that end result. And I think, so many people just focus on that end result. Like you said, you know, people want to do things, but not everybody knows how to do it. And, you know, along with knowing how to do it, you have to know and be able to execute that plan. Because obviously, if you only have that plan, but you, you're not able to execute it, nothing's going to really happen. Yeah. Um, so it's really having that plan um, and, you know, being be willing to take it into action and actually execute that. But no, I think that's a great, great point. Um, in terms of, you know, hanging out with the wrong people and hanging with the right people, what would you say is, you know, a big similarity of, of the people that you'd say you love to hang around, especially now, you know, yeah. what are the three to five things that you see in almost all the people that you love to hang around that they have in common? Yeah, so I would say one of them is action. They're taking consistent action. Mm -hmm. uh, the people who I who I want to be around, those are now when I say people I want to be around, it's people that I may have rubbed shoulders with. I've gone to their mastermind. They're not even in my like. I wouldn't even say they're they're next to me, but they're people I aspire to be with. Um, then you have people who are just a little bit ahead of me, who I see more often. And you have people who are on my level who we're both, we're both going. And, and then you have people who, are, who I'm helping out who are a little bit below me. But the thing that makes everybody who I'm seeing have success, right, whether it's from my client, like my best. So this, this goes with my best clients versus somebody who subpar results. I've had clients that I actually had to end the contract with because they were doing the opposite of this. But the big thing from, from at any stage is action taking, action taking. There, it's, it's constant action. Um, and, and Jason Capital, I heard him recently, he was with Craig Valentine talking about this, where he'll, he'll do a launch, and if it fails, he scraps it, and it's the next launch. It, it's not a matter mm -hmm. of, like, he'll, he'll, he'll pick what he needs out of it, what he learned, whatever, but it's on to the next one. It's boom, boom, it's just action. And, I mean, Craig Valentine, he talks about it, success loves speed. So it's one of those things where you, you, it, it's a mix of, you know, you have your plan, but you can't overthink it. You just need to move. And one of the big things I tell my clients is small steps create huge momentum. And in turn, that creates the changes that you want, right? Small steps can create mm -hmm. huge change. It's a matter of just taking that small step over and over. So one of the big things is taking action. Um, another big thing, if I look at my coaches, my mentors, um, they all have coaches and mentors. They all have somebody that they go to uh, for accountability, for advice uh, to pull from. And so another big thing is exactly that, your network. It's who you're associating with. It's who you're listening to. You know, if, if all you listen to is music day in and day out and you put the podcast on one time and you only listen to it for 15 minutes, 
you got to think of all the other opportunities you have to put that solid, good information in your mind where you're choosing just to be listening to, you know, music or whatever the case is, right? You, you have, we have so many different opportunities to, to take in, to take in, uh, but we're, we're not always choosing to do that. And so it's, it's a matter of putting yourself in the position to take in the right information. And that's by people. That's by things like what you're doing right here with this podcast. Um, and it's just by plugging in. So I think the second big thing I'd say is, uh, you know, is, is, uh, rubbing shoulders and, and, and connecting with and, uh, listening to, and with the, you know, people who are going to level you up. So action taking mm -hmm. and, and having the right coaches and mentors in your life. Love that. Yeah. And I mean, that's a big reason why I started this podcast and, you know, I used to struggle with this as I, I would always, always listen to music while I was in the car. And, you know, that was kind of the only thing that took up my time while I was in the car. But, you know, you'd be real, you'd be really surprised. Like a lot of people, they don't realize how much time they actually spend in the car every day, every week, every month, every year. I mean, these are hundreds of hours. Yeah, switch, switch. One, of the big, one of the biggest things, cardio. Switch your cardio over. Like you can listen to music while you're working out. As soon as I hit the treadmill of the Stairmaster, I'm on podcast. Mm -hmm. As soon as I, as, I mean, and it doesn't happen every single time, but for the most part, it like, al like almost every time. Like my mind, it goes, okay, cardio, now I'm going podcast. And I'm listening for 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. I'm, I'm now zoned in on something that's going to elevate me, Right. And right. normally the car ride home because I'm leaving the gym with that podcast. So the car ride home is now. So it's like, this is an hour of my day that I would have been doing this anyway. And I could have been listening to whatever song that would have, you know, maybe created some emotions, but it definitely would have, it it's not going to give me any new perspective on anything. It's not going to, mm -hmm. it's not going to, you know, but it's that hour now is is now added to something that's going to be brought in it's going to be filling my cup up simply by making that small switch end of cardio to the ride home podcast right yeah i mean for me you know i, I probably drive if i think about it at least an hour every day um for me and you know i've slowly made that change to where that, that went from one hour of music to where like you said you know it might be you know gratifying in that moment but in the long run listening to music is not going to give you any new knowledge isn't going to give you really much just long term if you're looking at it long term but podcasts you can be listening to you know experts in your field that you want to improve on yep. and it, you know right they're there. telling you all the secrets they're telling yep. you all the secrets in those podcasts so yeah, you know if you're, it's if as you're simple big... as go ahead go ahead Tom. I was going to say, if your big goal is fitness right now, you need to have, like, if, if it's weight loss, you need to be plugged in to who, who are the weight loss specialists that you connect with? Like, though, you need to be listening to them. If, you're, if your goal right now is to grow an online business, who are the people that you could be plugging into that's talking about that on a, on a daily basis? Um, if you're looking to start a podcast and you've been on the fence about it, who can you listen to? John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, these guys teach people how to make podcasts. It's like, who can you plug into that are going to, you know, and if you're just looking for some motivation and then right here, you got Ed's, you know, stay plugged into this, <laughs> you connect with him and that's, yeah. and that's huge. So if you connect with it and it's bringing you something, you need to continue to go back to it. So. Right. No. And I think, you know, in a lot of podcasts, sometimes just reading the title uh, might be the main gist of that you know, episode of the podcast, but under that episode, you know, there's a lot of, you know, small gold that 
like golden nuggets that can apply to different areas of your life that you didn't think um, would apply there. And, you know, there's a lot of hidden information that if you dig deep through, you know, hours and hours and hours of the right content and the right podcast, um, it can really, you know, shape your life in a completely new uh, direction. And it's just as simple as, you know, instead of listening to music, listening to a podcast and the right podcast as well. Small um, tweaks, man. But, small tweaks. I love it. Yep. Yep. And just like you said, you know, small steps make huge, huge differences in people's lives. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Um, but something I want to talk to you as well is, you know, your business. I know, like you mentioned, you have clients that you um, work with. So if you could just explain to the audience, you know, what exactly you do and yeah. how you help those clients. So I started out, uh, life coaching fell in my lap. I remember my first client came to me and said, Hey, I love what you're doing and how you're showing up on the internet, uh, how you're showing up on social media. And, um, I had no idea what I was doing as far as like, this was my first client. I didn't have any pro, like I had some, I had some frameworks that I developed in prison. Um, but it was nothing that was like, okay, this is going to be this big launch that I'm doing. It was nothing like that. So she ended up saying like, could you help me out? And so she was paying me, my first client was $160 a month for four phone calls. Wow. And uh, she stayed with me for like six months. My prices went up uh, and I kept her at that price and we, we huge changes with her. Um, and I also got in the fitness space. So after I got off my body, the bodybuilding show, people were coming to me and were like, hey man, can you help me with my physique? So I started doing some coaching, online coaching with the, with primarily with, with guys who wanted to gain some muscle, but it went both ways. Uh, um, weight loss as well. I didn't really have like a niche. It was just like, I was helping people in fitness. And then I had my life coaching and I ended up creating a 12 week, um, high ticket transformation. It was like a hybrid of the two, or I was working with primarily men and I had some success with that. And, um, that, that went well. And so now like, this was like my first real, I would say legitimate coaching business, online coaching business. And so I ended up, uh, what I ended up seeing was, that there is definitely a there's some there's some pain points for new coaches who want to or trainers who want to take their business online or if you're a mindset coach or relationship coach or some sort of wellness healer or something like that and, and so you know you could be adding more value to the world uh you know you could be a dating coach it doesn't matter what your space is like you know based on your experiences based on your skill set you could be bringing something to the table but you do not know how to navigate this you don't know where to start how to start um and what i recognize is that was me for well over a year and mm -hmm. i was working as a server at two different restaurants and I was saving up my money to go to these different masterminds and I get to these masterminds and I want to join the program, but the program was way too expensive. I could not join into these like 10,000, 15,000. I just couldn't do it. I wasn't in that position. And so I recognized that it's for new coaches to get the well-rounded foundation they need to start and launch what it is that they can bring to the world to get them out of the nine to five, if that's the goal for them, right? Whether it's passive income or to truly leave their nine to five, like I did, um, I wanted to bridge the gap. And so I created what's called the 5k blueprint. And I've been helping new coaches, uh, basically, uh, start and scale their online businesses. And this came out of, uh, this came out of one recognizing that pain for, for new and upcoming coaches. Mm -hmm. Cause I was there and it came from two as a friend of mine said, Hey, Eric, man, I've seen that you've been rubbing shoulders with some 
with some pretty solid coaches out there, some big names. I've seen that you're, you're doing good things in your business. He's like, can you help me out? And the guy was working full time at, at the gym as a personal trainer. And he has some incredible programs, but he had not, he just does not, he didn't know how to, 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 to sell them online. He had no idea mm-hmm. how to sell them online. And he had about $1,000 in sales for the year uh, prior to hiring me. And so he came to me and I said, let me put something together for you. So I sat down and I mapped out a genius model of, 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 of this program that I would take him through, which was the 5K blueprint. And so he said, all right, let's do it. He signed up. This is my first client. And in 40 days, he had $10,500 in new online business. And wow. I'm sitting there like, oh man, this is so legit. This is <laughs> yeah. really happening. And he's like, dude, like this is happening. And uh, <laughs> like we had just this moment of like, we're like two kids just, you know, and my second client came to me. She had never sold a product online at all. She was actually a referral from the first one. And uh, she had never sold anything online. She's also a trainer at a gym. And I got her in her first month with me, five, uh, 5K month. And, um, she's, she's an incredible coach. She, she had a lot of social, they both had a lot of social proof from their training days. So, I mean, that's like the lifeline of it is you got to leverage that. So they came in hot, they were ready to go, but we got their marketing messages down. We got their sales process in place. And one of the big things as I I do for my, my clients as a speaker is I show them how to confidently, uh, speak their truth, their message, their story, their brand. I show them how to deliver that behind camera and do it effectively. So, um, yeah, I have, I have my program, the 5k blueprint. It's been incredible. I'm getting ready to launch another program, the speaker blueprint, which is helping speakers get on stages. So that's, that's my coaching business. And then my speaking business is primarily done in the youth sector. So I speak to middle and high school kids, uh, which Mm. is a lot of fun. Um, and, and just having a blast with that. And so I've got my uh, TEDx talk coming up January 25th. So gonna, I landed the TEDx stage. That's going to be huge. Uh, got a, you know, so 2020 is going to be big for the speaking uh, business as well. We got a lot in the works there. So those are my, my two things. And I'm just like my whole thing, man, Ed, is just like to show up. I just want to add value. I come from a place right. of truly, truly just wanting to add value to people's lives. And whether that's to help them get their message out, uh, whether that's to inspire and motivate, it's at the end of the day, like my hashtag that I live by is let's grow together. Like that's who I am as a person. That's who, that's how I show up in this world. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why I'm here with you right now. It's, it's let me, mm-hmm. let, let's, let's right now, let's use this hour to impact your people, um, to give you good content, uh, to get my brand out there. Like it's all about growth together. So. Right. Yeah. No, no I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, being able to work together with people and not always, you know, focusing on money. You said, how much was it? 160 a month for the first? Yeah. My first client, 160 a month. Yeah. And I kept her, my prices went up and I kept her. I said, listen, I said, I don't care. We can go as long as you want. I'm not going to raise the prices with you. (laughs) I really liked her. We, we, yeah. 160 a month. Yeah. I mean, that, that just comes to show that, you know, if you have the right process and the right mindset about this, things will work out. You know, a lot of people have it flipped. They have the the whole let's make money first and by making money, then I'll add value. But it, it should be, you know, the way you're thinking about it, where you give value and a byproduct of getting that value, you know, you'll be able to support yourself and, you know, make money and spread your word even more with and that money. Feel, and feel um, good doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's, that's a great, great, you know, model to live by is grow together. 
and you know having a TEDx talk it should be a lot of fun uh you'll have to let me know when that comes out so I can uh take a listen to that but it yeah, should Jan- be January 25th uh in Iowa is where I'm gonna be oh really yeah yeah I'm I'm, I'm from Wisconsin so you know it's pretty close okay uh, I, I was I was probably depends where in Iowa but right, you know right. anywhere from an hour to an hour to three hours but no yeah it, let me know and I'll I'll make sure, sure. to listen sure. to it if it's not behind the screen um maybe we can meet up but uh no that's that's super exciting stuff and i know that because your mindset is right you know that give value first and a byproduct of that is you know making the money from the clients but it, it really comes from the basis of wanting to add value um and that's really a main theme whether it's you know helping out other coaches or whichever business you have you know it's about giving value in whichever sector you're you're specializing in um, and that's really what it's about um well, another thing i wanted to talk about is i know you you know you coach speakers and coaches on how to you know present their message right you yeah, know the sure. right way um and i know we don't have a lot of time here but if you could just give you know a, a few main points that you see consistently in you know people that do a great job of communicating their message what would it be whether it's on stage behind the the camera like what do you see as common traits that these people all have in common yeah really really clear on the problem that you solve for people um and 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 that i i'd say more so the problem that you solve than the person that you solve it for uh, and I say that because the problem is the most important thing. And when you're clear on that, like when you, when everything derives from the problem that you solve for people, when you're clear on that, you're going to show up that much more confidently. You're going to be attracting the right person, your ideal client, the person who you want to work with. Um, so it, it, it's like, it's not a matter of chasing so much anymore. Like naturally we're still going to have to put the hustle in. We're still going to have to create the things and get it out there. But, um, it's not so much hustle down every lead and every client. Once you get clear on the problem that you solve and then you get your marketing messages in place, you get your, you know, you're speaking it in in a, in a way that moves people to move. Um, it's not so much chasing as now attracting. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Instead of chasing down, it's attracting to, it's attracting in. And so getting really clear on the problem you solve, I think, I think is huge. And then I think another big thing that's just not talked about enough, and this is one of the big components of my coaching that you get with me, is the speaking, is the communication, is the power of story. Um, it's being vulnerable, right? You do not have to be mm-hmm. the expert. Like I, I'm, one of the things that like, coaches that that there's some friction I'm having right now is that people will say, Hey, like, what do they do after they hit their 5k month with you? And even though Mike excelled it and got to 10k, he still followed the same exact guidelines that I give, you know, anybody to get them to their first stone, which is the first milestone, which is the 5k. And they're like, well, what? So for me, it's like, I'm continuing to advance myself as a coach. I'm continuing to learn. I'm continuing to invest in myself. I'm continuing to, you know, to build. And so, but, but I'm not going to like, I'm not, I'm not stressing that. Like I want to be true to what I can deliver, what I can deliver and who I want to work with is new coaches. I want to give them what they need to get to where I'm at 
to get, you know, the foundation. Mm -hmm. So it's getting clear on the problem you solve. It's being able to communicate what you're doing effectively and powerfully. And it's, and it's not getting so sidetracked by what you're supposed to be this expert. Like I'm not, I can't show somebody how to get to a hundred grand. I'm okay with that. I'm completely yep. okay with that. I'm not worried about mm -hmm. that. I don't need to be the best coach who can scale every business to seven figures. Like that's not my place in the world right now. Right now, my place is helping new coaches, new speakers, people, you know, get the thing going, save them a lot of money and save them a lot of time. Right? Like that's my thing. Yep. And, and I'm comfortable yeah. with that and I'm happy with that. So I, I think that's a big component too. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. You know, that's a very genuine, honest thing that I don't think is seen a lot in this world where, you know, people are going around Instagram and Twitter, whatever social media it is. And, you know, they try to explain to people how much they know and it, it feels almost like it's fake. You know, it, it's not no, hey, I don't know real. everything, man. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know everything. Like I was frustrated yeah, none of, this week. Well, none of us do really. None <laughs> of us do. You know, everybody has things that they always need to learn and improve on and you know i always love to say if you think you have it all figured out you, nobody does right like, you know nobody that nobody can really say that yeah i mean everybody's always learning can you know constantly progressing and constantly improving and nobody really ever has it all figured out there's always somebody you can learn from there's always you know things you can take out um of each person's life and each person's journey um i know we're running out of time here but you know I, i'd like to ask you two more questions before yeah, we away, end man. the podcast um first one is you know who are people you used as mentors that pe other people could follow either on instagram that you think are communicating a good message online where you, you'd say man you know this guy gets that this guy's communicating a good message and this guy's um a good, good content creator that is valuable to a lot of people. Man, like I'm thinking right now, I'm like breaking it down in different spaces. Um, in the business mm -hmm. space, I would say um, Craig Ballantyne for sure. He's one of them. Uh, Vince Del Monte. He, uh, he, I actually worked alongside Vince for close to, close to six months in the seven figure mastermind. I learned so, so much. Um, Vince Del Monte, he's, he's an incredible, uh, fitness business coach, uh, Amanda Bucci, Amanda Bucci is, is another one. She's crushing it. Um, so those are going to be three names I'll throw out there for, for business coaches. Um, I think for, for more of the, you know, Joe Dispenza, uh, Mastin Kip, uh, now I'm thinking more like, you know, heart life, life centered, um, uh, mindset. Yeah. So yeah, those two, those two people right there, man, I'm, I'm so many names are coming. Got a lot up. to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could keep going, but I think those are, those are five good names right there. Yeah. I think, I think it's good for, you know, each guest that comes on the podcast to give kind of their, some of, some people that they know are doing the right things um, sure. so that, you know, people can take, you know, one or two from each list and incorporate them into their lives. To see, yeah. I love that. Know, you're the first person right. out of all my podcast interviews. You're the first person that's ever asked me that question. I think it's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to not only look at your perspective, you know, the guests and what, what their philosophy on life, business, you know, fitness, whatever we talk about is, but also to look at, you know, how it's shaped that way and look at the roots of where that came from and who they learned from as well. 
um, so people can kind of blend it in. And, you know, I always like to say you, you, you never want to just follow one person's philosophy. You know, you want to create yours. You never yeah. want to copy somebody else. You want to take a bunch of different people that are good at what they do and, you know, nitpick things out of each person so that you can create your own, you know, formula for success because there's no one formula to success. 100%. It's all about figuring out, figuring out who you are and what's going to work for you and just taking it into action. So I love that. Um, but the last question I wanted to ask is, you know, I, I always end the podcast with, you know, one thing you could leave the viewers or the listeners with, you know, some piece of insight, a favorite quote you have, um, something, you know, a speech coming up, a, whatever you'd like to share, you know, to kind of end the podcast that you think would um, sure. be good for the listeners. What, what would so, it be? So I will say that if you, um, if you are looking to, whether it's get on stage, if you have a, a message that you want to share with anybody and you just don't know how to do that, uh, please reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to talk with you and see how I can help. Um, if you're looking to get your, uh, you know, get your coaching business started, if you're looking to take your, whatever you're doing right now, if you're looking to take that online, if you have an expertise or skill that you want to um, impact people's lives with, if that you want to monetize, again, please reach out to me because I definitely uh, would love to chat to see if and how I can help you. Um, that being said, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is like we going back to the start is having that game plan. Like I would ask you right now, what's one area of your life that you want to see growth in? what's what's one area that you may have been neglecting what's one area that the universe that god that your friends that that maybe strangers like that that keeps getting presented to you so for me it's been self care so the last couple of weeks self care has been getting pushed on me in a couple different directions in a couple different ways and i i was overlooking i wasn't i wasn't paying attention to it and finally it kind of just like dawned on me like hey like you've been neglecting your self care your your morning routine's been good but it's been more about business it hasn't been about you and 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 so um i've had to recognize that and so i'm making right now leading into 2020 i'm being super conscious of some tweaks adjustments and add-ons that i'm putting in place to get me in the best position that i can be in regards to my self-care for this upcoming year. So I would ask you, like, what's the area you have been neglecting? Um, what's the, what's the, the place that you want to see growth in? Um, and and you, let's, let's make that decision. Let's put some real good focus on that. Let's set some intentions and let's make sure that we have some sort of game plan uh, to create momentum and to create results in that said area. So, yeah. Let's move. Awesome. Great stuff. Um, well, our time's up, uh, but I wanted to say thank you for for your time and uh, hopping on the podcast. I know you got through a lot of stuff, you know, from your time in prison to fitness to what you're doing now and how you're impacting people now. So you know, it was great to, you know, get, get a quick recap of, you know, how you become who you are today. And hopefully the listeners got some good value of it so it was good having you on eric yo ed i appreciate you and everybody for listening wish you all the absolute best thanks for listening to ed saucedo's road to greatness podcast follow the journey and connect with ed at edsaucedo.com see you next time